to another edition of Political Profundity brought to you by Modern Times Magazine with John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hello, Karen. Hi there. So, Karen, we took a little break last week, and of course, the it seems like the um, um, figurative dam has broken again, um, but this time it seems a little bit more uh, imperative, a little bit hotter, like the water was a little bit higher, and the rain keeps coming. Um, today, we're going to be talking yeah. about the, um, the uh, I guess, the intelligence um, community's whistleblower complaint. Um, and what it means, um, uh, you know, in Washington, D.C., what it means in the country, what it means to um, our president and whether we might be moving down the road to impeachment. Um, you know, Karen, you know, we kind of, t- you know, discussed this before we came live here. Um, you know, maybe we'd offer a little bit of a timeline, um, you know, to everyone to kind of grasp on to what what went on. Right. Well, I mean, again, this, this, this whole situation is moving in such a fluid direction, John, it's honestly at times it's it's just so difficult to keep track of it. I every time you think you've figured it out, you you know, you haven't. It. It's just something more insane <laughs> keeps keeps happening here. Um I, I I know we want to talk about the timeline, but I just this morning listening to McGuire testify, it it's I just I, I don't even know anymore what to say. I, that, that's yeah. pathetic. But no. so basically, I mean, Trump has acknowledged that he discussed yeah, former Vice President Biden in a July call with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We we knew that um, <clears throat> because for for whatever reason, he seems he saw, sees Biden as a major you know rival next year. And again, we, who knows who's going to be the Democratic nominee? So sure. Uh, as usual, I think it's just Trump being overreacting. And we'll, you know, obviously, look, we'll just say this. The optics of Biden's son working in the Ukraine, you know, for finan- on a financial matter, I, that, those are, uh, you know, they're, they're troubling. Although there has been an investigation done that cleared Hunter Biden Unless I'm wrong here, correct me if I am, of any wrongdoing. Uh, But at any rate, just, you know, given kind of the the cable news world that we live in and uh, narratives being what they are, that story is out there. Yeah, yeah. But again, there's no evidence of any wrongdoing by either the former vice president or his son. The only other thing I will say is, is, frankly, for people in the political world, don't let your kids go work for banks. (laughs) <laughs> Probably not a good idea. No matter how well intended and how well meaning they are, just don't. But at any rate, so you know, Trump basically wanted the Ukrainian government to investigate Biden, obviously to damage Biden politically. Um, that in itself is to call it highly problematic is an understatement. A president should not be doing such a thing, Democrat, Republican, whatever, just they should not be doing that. So basically, and in another, you know, there, there are several components involved with this, as we know, including Trump's, I mean, I'm not even sure if Rudy Giuliani really is his lawyer, but as we know, he's happily been, you know, shilling for Trump since day one here. Um, he, he first decides he's going to go to Ukraine for reasons that seem murky, then doesn't do it. 
uh, the Secretary of Ukraine's National Security and Defense visit the White House in July. Um, we know that Robert Mueller, the special counsel who was looking into alleged Russian, you know, collusion with Russia by the Trump campaign. We all know how that turned out. Right. Um, I don't think it really I don't think it helped Trump at all. I'm, you know, but it wasn't necessarily the quote unquote smoking gun some thought it would be. Uh, basically, in July, Trump and the, the Ukrainian president spoke by phone. Um, and then in September, Gee, I think we're still in this month, aren't we? Uh, uh, he yes, reportedly, we are. reportedly pressed Zelensky to investigate Biden. Uh, and now he's acknowledged it. Of course, as usual, in his limited vocabulary, we had a great conversation. The conversation I had was largely congratulatory. Right, right, right. You know, it was largely corruption. All of the corruption taking place. I'll be quiet now on that. But, <laughs> you know, for Donald Trump to be concerned about corruption, uh, that's a lot like... Um, <laughs> Bill Clinton be concerned with fidelity to your spouse. I'm sorry. You know, that's just, that's a non-starter. Forget it. Sure. It's, no one, I don't even think a lot of Trump's base really believes he gives two hoots in hell about corruption in a foreign country. So that in itself is laughable. Um, I mean, there's a very long timeline here, and I would advise people to go to CNN. It has, I think, an excellent summary of all of this from yesterday. And we will have that available on the on the on the story that accompanies this podcast. Right, it, it's just basically there are there are numerous meetings here involved. There, you know, Pence talks to the Ukrainian president at one point. Why he's talking to him, it's not clear. Um, and then finally, we get to the point where uh, Stephen, I'm sorry, Adam Schiff, uh, you know, House Judiciary. Uh, or I'm sorry, he's not Judiciary Committee chairperson. Um, he he basically says there's a whistleblower that has information about this, but we don't know exactly what that involves. Um, and so uh, finally, the whistleblower's complaints delivered to Capitol Hill. The whistleblower tentatively agrees to meet with congressional lawmakers. And today, the acting DNI, Joseph McGuire, briefed the Intelligence Committee. And... What he says is is pretty was pretty astonishing as well. Basically, he told Congress today that it alleges this that the Trump, that Donald Trump abused the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in next year's election. So this guy's testifying now under oath and telling Congress this is exactly what this com this complaint says. So here we are now. Uh, Again, I, I just every time for me at least, you think you're, you think you've just heard it all. <laughs> you haven't. Yeah, and you know it. You know, I think the interesting thing is uh, that it was all basically a political maneuver. Um, you know, we can say um, you know anything else that was happening there, and you know, congratulations to President Trump for for wanting to make sure that there's not corruption in the Ukraine. Um, and you know, that's what every president, um, always usually cares about, whether there's corruption in the United States or whether there's corruption abroad, especially in countries that we're pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into. Um, however, um, in the case of what, um, he was trying to really focus on, which was, um, Joe Biden, um, you know, specifically, um, because even though he was trying to pull Hunter in, 
they were even trying to pull Joe Biden in by saying that he did something as vice president in order to get the investigation dropped into his son, which really is not um, founded on any, you know, you know, truth. Um, there's uh, been stories and, uh, you know, the Washington Post had a story, um, you know, no one I specifically talked to, but by getting these reports from these other organizations and, of course, uh, Devin Nunes and others will say that it's all just a mainstream media coordination in order to cover up the, you know, the corruption. And that's a, always a very easy, um, you know, way to, to kind of dismiss um, actions. Um, but, you know, as we know, you know, whether we have been, you know, mainly community journalists or not, we know that that, you know, typically doesn't happen. And, you know, we want to talk about whistleblowers. Um, from the DNI, um, nearly every reporter is a whistleblower. And if anybody thinks that anybody in the mainstream media is covering up things or hiding things, you'd have a thousand whistleblowers at one time because everyone wants to scoop the truth and when you're in journalism. So, you know, that, I guess that's now I'm going to get off my, my, my uh, soapbox for that um, and, and just kind of relaying those ideas of how there's corruption and, and, and printing the fa- not the facts. Um, again, there's a thousand people that would that would probably win a a a, a Pulitzer Prize if they if they actually um, under you know uncovered those those kinds of um, allegations that 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 Nunes makes. Sorry, here um, I'm reading at the same time. Um, Yuri no, Lutsenko, no um, the former Ukrainian prosecutor general, told the Washington Post. Um, he said about Wash about Hunter Biden. Um, that it was completely um, uh, Hunter Biden denied any wrongdoing. Uh, Lutsenko said, um, "Did I say I'm, I'm trying to get to it here?" The rough transfer of the call recently the White House number. Uh, he uh, Lutsenko said he was not aware of any U.S. law enforcement officials coming to Ukraine. Um, nobody looked at it. Um, what that he was involved in is um, uh, in corruption. That he uh, that that Biden actually, you know, what people might not understand is that Joe Biden pressured Ukraine to fire Lutsenko's predecessor, Viktor Shokin, um, who Biden and other officials said was not sufficiently pursuing corruption cases. And at the time, the investigation into Burisma, which is the company that 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 Hunter Biden was on the board for. um, And that was before the change in government there. That was when they still had um, somebody who was trying to do some of Russia's bidding. And those are the people that were there. So, you know, it, it, it does seem a little interesting that all this comes back to Russia again to a certain level. It all comes back to what Putin wants there. Um, everything seems to be still revol- revolving around the Ukraine. It revolves around the annexation of Crimea. Again, why, why, why Russia isn't in the G8 anymore and why it's the G7 is because of his annexation and invasion of the Crimea. And we're still in this area. Um, and, you know, that the fact, again, like you said, that that Hunter Biden went on the board of Burisma um, was probably not a good political move. Um, it might have been a good move um, for, you know, intelligence. Who knows what he supplied the U.S. government by being there? Who knows whether he was not, you know, there and, and as a way to kind of give us some information on what was really going on? Because we all know that Burisma also was run by another oligarch that was doing uh, fishy things. Um, so, you know, the, the I guess the basics of what I wanted to discuss with this was that it seems like the whole idea, you know, to begin with 
is all fraught with political ramifications that that Biden was doing, you know, Joe Biden, at least, was trying to make sure that 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 corruption wasn't going on there, making sure that there was a prosecutor who really would just do the job of a prosecutor and the law and not look out for people's friends. And then it turns into in 2019, we're trying to find a case against him. Um, and, and then Trump uses the official apparatus of the United States government, maybe withholding military funds in order to get maybe a fake new investigation raised over what happened five years ago. So again, there's so many um, parallels to what Trump says is happening to him, um, but is really he's really trying to put on to other people. Um, you know, when he says, oh, 2016, it was forever ago, it's old, it's there, you know, it's whatever, you know, you know there's, you know, the, you know, there's a nothing burger here. But then he wants to go back to 2014, 2015, and look at what the Bidens did in, in Ukraine, which, again, has been looked at, was all usually, you know, you know, done above boards, done within proper channels. Um, you know, and, you know, we move then into what, you know, Giuliani was doing, um, you know, going there, still trying to dig it up, um, you know, trying to say, you know, even Nunes was saying last week on Fox News or earlier this week on Fox News. I mean, like you said, things are moving so fast, it's even hard to tell. Um, but saying that Biden was going to drop out, um, you know, within a week because of all these allegations. Again, now, you know, nothing but red meat for the base that 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 turns out to not be true because most of these allegations are not true. And then Trump comes in and holds this whistleblower complaint. And, and some of the information that's come out in the IG report says that the one of the reasons for the whistleblower was they were taking something that basically shouldn't even be classified and making it the most secret documents that the president can even have. Um, and and that. You know, they were trying to shut down these conversations because they didn't want anybody to know about it. They were making them ultra top secret or whatever the correct term is in order for them to be um, hidden from public view. And that the attorney general was also facilitating this and and going along with it for under the executive privilege um, arguments. And we've talked about this before, um, that, you know, the reason why we both were against Barr being... um, uh, uh, okayed for attorney general um, by the Senate was that he his idea of the expansion of the power of the executive was beyond what we should be doing as a republic. And now it seems like he he has taken those actions, even in this area where in the whistleblower complaint, he's saying that executive privilege goes to this when it was obviously just a coordination to cover up potential criminal wrongdoing. And then they declined to pursue criminal investigation, which is obvious. I mean, when McGuire said that in the hearing this morning, well, we referred it to the uh, uh, Justice Department for criminal investigation. Well, Barr made it clear that he feels that the president cannot be criminally investigated, let alone be criminally charged. Um, So, you know, it, 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 it begs to that it has to be Congress that's providing oversight here because we know that the Justice Department isn't going to do it. Um, again, those are my initial ideas and kind of, you know, trying to wrap up, you know, the details of what went on here. One, Biden, it seems like there's nothing there. Um, it was trying to be made up. Trump tried to investigate it. Then they tried to cover it up. Um, when the whistleblower made the complaint, they tried to still cover it up. 
The Justice Department is not going to do anything because they say the president has the power to do whatever he feels like. And here we are now, and it's only Congress left, and that's why impeachment. And the last little bit I'll make, I promise it won't take me longer than 10 seconds, (laughs) is, you know, people are just saying, oh, the the Democrats are rushing to impeachment. Again, we would not be here. They would not have released anything, probably, if Nancy Pelosi doesn't make that statement and doesn't take the next step to impeachment. You know, they would have just obfuscated and skirted and, 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 and suppressed information until we got to this point. So there was no way, as a republic and a democracy, we could have a check on the executive from the legislative unless that impeachment threat was made last week. No matter where it goes, it was necessary. All right, soapbox time done for John. Here you go, Karen. <laughs> no, you made you made a lot of excellent points. Um I, mean, well, I should correct myself. Adam Schiff is the Intelligence Committee chairman. So my apologies for not getting that right. It's Na- Na- Jerry Nadler, who's the House Judiciary uh, chairman. Sure. <clears throat> I, what's interesting about Trump is that, oh, supposedly he doesn't want to rehash his campaign's highly suspicious actions in 2016. And yet, when he was on the phone with Zelensky, he was talking once again about his quote-unquote incredible electoral victory over Hillary Clinton, which it really wasn't. He barely won the electoral college, and the popular vote was overwhelmingly against him. So, again, this is the guy who lives in the past, and I, I suspect just, just for him somehow, he is simply incapable of understanding how bad all of this is for him right now. And what's interesting, too— Although you're seeing kind of the usual GOP uh, wagon circling, I'm sensing some of them are starting to realize, indeed, how bad this is for Trump. Uh, One of them was Republican Mike Turner of of Ohio. He's a representative. He said, concerning this conversation, I want to say to the president, this is not okay. This conversation is not okay. It's just, well, disappointing to the American people. Uh, ben Sass, the senator from Nebraska, who's kind of become a pretty big Trump cheerleader. But even he kind of advised his party, don't, you know, don't be circling the wagons right now until you know everything that's going on here. Uh, Mitt Romney has made, for Mitt Romney especially, some pretty critical remarks. So I, I just, you've got to wonder if some of these Republicans don't see the writing on the wall here. And while they're not necessarily, they're not going to turn on Trump because especially ones who are up for re-election next year and they've got to get through a primary. But I, I'm, I'm gonna, I suspect we're going to see more of them just ever so slightly backing away the way in the Japanese business culture when a business person is disgraced, literally in a crowd, all the business people start backing away right, from him right, or her. Right. That, I, think, I mean, I, I think you may see some of that. Um, hey, you know, you know. Speaking to your point, let me ask you this: Did you see the report yesterday? Where, um, and I don't have his name off the top of my hand, where it was a uh, former McCain staffer um, saying that if the uh, the GOP senators were allowed to vote um, uh, on a secret ballot, that they would get at least thirty votes for impeachment. Did you see that? That was Mike Murphy. Yeah, yeah Mike and Murphy, I, I think right. Murphy's right. Um, I, unfortunately, again, this party is, they are scared to death of the cult around Trump, most of them, and they will not do the right thing because of that. And, and especially it's going to be very interesting if Trump is impeached, 
And then it has to go to the, well, you know, Mitch McConnell, I suspect, is going to do everything he can not to have a trial, which is shirking his duties. And he's up for re-election. Now, granted, I, you know, the chances of him losing next year are pretty slim. But you're going to have senators like Susan Collins of Maine, Cory Gardner of Colorado, uh, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, McSally. maybe even Tony Ernst of Florida. Martha McSally, McSally here in of Arizona. Arizona. Right. That's right. This is a woman who... Again, I, I just blows my mind. She ran such a miserable campaign last year that a Democrat beat her. I, you know, you never wow. thought you'd see that again yeah, in Arizona. Yeah, but Kirsten Sinema and is not the normal uh, Democratic candidate here. I mean, you know, we have to give precisely. her her due. She, yeah. you know, Kirsten Sinema is certainly not the most liberal Democrat there is, that's for sure. But these are senators who are going to have to explain themselves in states, and especially Gardner is, I, I think the odds are Gardner loses next year no matter what. I think Collins now is moving into that same category because Maine voters are so unhappy with her. And, and so then you have these other senators in states that are still pretty red, but they're in flux. So they're, if they decide to let Bill, you know, give Donald Trump a pass on this, I, I think they're going to have a lot of problems in the general next year. So watch them run away from Trump as far as they all possibly can after their primaries. It's, right. it's going to be amusing. And for that, they all, they especially all deserve to lose because they're cowards. So now, now let me ask what, you this. What, do, you, do you think that there's a, a political calculation? I mean, with that statement um, that Murphy made um, about the 30 senators, um, if they have him on the chopping block and it just takes their saying yes, do they really fear blowback from the Trump um, uh, you know, base um, when then then when they go into primary, even if he's been impeached. I mean, because obviously it's easy to fear them now, but after you've been impeached and there's enough time between now and most of the primaries, or between January, say this say this happens, you know, the impeachment vote goes down in January, um, and 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 there's still you know seven months. Um, for, you know, people in the base to kind of realize, hey, we can't try to take retribution over an impeached candidate um, on these people. Do you think they take that plunge at that time? Or do you think it really has to be a secret ballot in order for them to do it? Or they're just waiting until they get them on the gallows and then everyone jumps on? Look, I, I, again, I let me sort of also add to my comments about some of these senators who are in blue and or red to purplish states. I won't, if, 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 if it really comes down to it and they know they're going to lose their election, because some of the opinion polls now are starting to shift in favor of impeaching Trump. Now, we know we have 219 Democrats in Congress, including some who are in pretty red districts. So this is a big risk for them to take. But like I said, you're starting to see the public because they are beginning to be more aware of all the charges against Trump. To be in favor of holding him accountable, I won't be surprised to see maybe Collins and Gardner vote to convict Trump. But of course, then they're going to, you know, they're going to deal with the hell from their own parties in their own states. I have no sympathy for either one of them. But I suppose if they do the right thing, fine. So I, I you know, again, I think I'm, you know, I'm saying different things here because they're just different scenarios, obviously. So much of this is changing by the minute. I, I, you know, I, I, anything is possible here, right, including right. even, and be free, feel free to laugh at me no. if I'm wrong, that, you know, we see Trump leave because it just may get to be too damn much 
and he'll just take his chances with the state of New York. And, of course, with the hope that Pence pardons him if he becomes president. Although, frankly, the way Trump has thrown Pence under the bus lately, I'm not sure he can rely on him. Well, you um, know, I mean, I think, with, you know. I, I, uh, I, I just think today, by the way, one other thing we want to mention about this whistleblower. There was a story that the New York Times and the L.A. Times have reported that Trump basically threatened this whistleblower um, by, by basically wishing him for death for this person. That's a prima facie obstruction of justice and a clearly impeachable offense. Uh, basically, he was in a room at the U.N., some private meeting, where talking about how this guy was a spy. And you know what we used to do with spies, right? I mean, again, no one who is in the highest office in the land should be talking like this. It is, it is, the, it is the, it is the behavior of a thug, not a legitimate leader. And Donald Trump will never be that, you no know, matter. Even if he somehow manages to survive next year and somehow win re-election, which I think, John, now the odds of that are getting smaller by the day. Yeah. Uh, which is, and again, I want to stress this to people: Donald Trump does not want to be impeached. He's terrified of it. That's why he has all these lawyers. That's why he's got all these enablers in the media and in Congress going to the mat for him. He knows that this will wound him badly politically. Well, and business-wise, he'd have to change the name of every single one of his resorts. (laughs) The damage would be done to him. And I I think, again, the, the narrative is shifting from this will really hurt the Democrats to the Democrats may very well reap a windfall from this if they follow through. Because, again, contrary to that lazy narrative from 1998, the GOP did not pay any major political price for impeaching Bill Clinton. They won back the White House. They kept the Congress. They even strengthened their margins in it between 2002 and 2004. So, I, you know, and the fact that you even have about 220 reps now who are saying, yes, it's time to hold them accountable. Now, again, some of them may waver. When that final vote comes down, uh, no. but still, this is this is this is a big number, and it just shows how much trouble Donald Trump is in. And this time, you just you feel the dynamic is different here than it has been in the past. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now, now let's you know we've we've talked about it um, obviously on this podcast since the impeachment talk started, which was what uh, May 2017 uh, maybe March April I think it was May 2017 when Comey was fired right um, or was it mm-hmm. March uh, anyway um, you know it all, I don't have the precise dates in front of me anyway the point was is that we had talked about and you know my 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 point all the time was um, you know and and when when people were haranguing on Pelosi and saying you know what is she waiting for you know we got to do this and what's going on and always talking about you know you get really one swing at impeachment and you better take your good swing now um, obviously she took her swing um, or she's taking her swing right now she's this is her at bat you know she's she's she took swing one she fouled it off um, but she's still there to hit the home run at the end because I guess the home run ends up being really that he's removed from office and you get a successful impeachment uh, vote in the Senate. Um, but, you know, you know, my two cents on, 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 on the way Pelosi's handled this has been it really has been one of those things where politically she was trying to manage it, um, legally she was trying to manage it, 
Um, and, you know, what she did earlier this week really seemed to be that masterstroke. Like she had had that Ben Franklin reference waiting. Um, you know, she had, it seemed like she had had that in her pocket forever. You know, what Ben Franklin said, hey, you know, is, is it a republic or, or is, it, is it democracy or a monarchy? And, and, and he said, it's a democracy if, if you can keep it. And, and how that, that the times have found them. Um, and once you start making the argument on that basis, you're always on the high road. And that's where they ended up being. Um, instead of trying, you know, at this point, they got around it. It was a quick moving story. They could say they were doing it because they needed to be on the high road. And just, excuse me, and justifiably, they are. You know, I mean, it's not just political calculation. It's when the times find you at the right moment in time to take that swing, to step up to the plate, and to do what you need to do. And and it seems like when you're at this point, then it's also his actions as president. That was always one of the big problems with the Mueller investigation was, you know, what he had done before he was president. Um, and that, you know, he was still elected anyway, you know, some of that idea. And that, you know, you have to... You know, you know, whatever, whether you want to give that any weight or not. Um, but there was a lot of people just saying, hey, people were upset over what happened. And so you were ne- might never get Republicans to really kind of go, you know, with along with it. Um, but as you mentioned, there's there's even Republicans that are just saying, hey, this is troubling. This is coming from, um, as you mentioned, um, you know, who, you know, and Mitt Romney, for example, I think he sees a crack for him to be, you know, maybe president again, um, where he can run if, if, if uh, you know, Trump is impeached. Because I think Trump, you know, I think Pence has no ability, especially if he if he pardons Trump. He's got he's got no standing to actually win the nomination or the presidency. But with the stance that Romney has taken, he has a good chance to be the Republican nominee again if this all ends ends up, you know, you know, completed by by January or February with 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 President Trump no longer in the White House, um, you know. But I don't want to get too far, you know, out ahead of our skis here. What I wanted to ask you about was Pelosi's performance and what do you think really happened um, earlier this week, and, and what do you think about what she did over this time in order to wait for something? You know, as as I saw, and and I'd mentioned in the podcast, and I saw somebody else write this week, giving him enough rope to hang himself, and that he maybe has finally done that. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, and, and look, Pelosi, say whatever you will about her, but at the end of the day, this woman knows how to put her caucus together. She knows how to get the votes. Does she always do it perfectly? Absolutely not. Has she said things uh, uh, during this entire process which were infuriating and I think counterproductive? Hell yes. Not because she has any use for Trump. It's pretty obvious she doesn't like or respect the man, and nobody can blame her for that. Um, This is not a relationship like what she had with former President Bush, where I think, again, there was some... Again, mutual respect and understanding of the other person. Um, you know, she already made Trump look like an incredible buffoon during the government shutdown. She understands, and it is not still without risk, but she, she does know when you strike, so to speak. And she knew now this was the moment to come out, as she did on Tuesday, and announce we are going to begin a formal impeachment process, with no guarantees that we're actually going to impeach it. But just we are starting it now. And and she did it in a manner that didn't sound gleeful. You know, she said, I don't, you know, we none of us want to do this. It is sad that we're at this moment. But it's either we're a nation of laws or we're not. And I'm paraphrasing her on this. You know, I think it's better that we're the former. 
so, so far. And look, we all know the Democrats who, you know, <laughs> they can govern. They often can't campaign and they really don't know how to message <laughs> Most, you know, generally. But so far, and she's done this well. Could everything go horribly wrong? Yes, it could. I, I think, you know, the Democrats have to make sure they stay on message, that they find good, solid lawyers to do questioning. They don't just give every, you know, chair rep and member their five minutes, especially if they're not effective. I mean, they're, they're, you know, as you've said, they've got one chance to get this right. And if they're effective and Trump gets impeached, the damage to him is going to be incredible. So we're, we, we're just starting out in this process. So I just think, frankly, I, I, I think a lot of people are relieved that finally now there's some attempt to hold this guy who has broken the law six ways to Sunday. On so many occasions, it's not funny. It, it's just time to hold him accountable. And it, it still may not end up, you know, where Trump fully pays for this, but it's a start. Mm. And that's where we are right now. So, you know, you know, before we conclude here, um, you know, I guess the last thing um, I think I want to discuss is, you know, we kind of mentioned it a little bit. Um, but how do you think it's playing, um, you know, across the country? Um you know, I've seen some, uh, you know, stories talking about whether whether it's resonating with uh, or any cracks in his base, which I don't think are there, um, whether it's resonating yeah. with those independent voters, which I think it is, um, whether people are ignoring it or not. I don't I don't really see that those are, that 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 people just think that's that this is Washington machinations. I really do have a feeling and a sense that. That, that, that most people are taking it seriously. And, and it's those independents, those people that really turn every election like we like to, you know, feel like we are. Um, uh, but, you know, it just hasn't been a situation where you can support a lot of GOP policies lately um, or, you know, m- maybe more than lately. Um, but it, it, you know, how do you see it? Because I'm, I'm, uh, I see that it's resonating. I see that independents are being affected and impacted by this, and it's really going to weigh on on what they do at the ballot box in November 2020, um, and that it's not making a crack in the base, at least as of this point in time. Um, and and the, but and obviously it's resonating among the you know the Democratic base, and that you know everybody's riled up and 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 happy that some action is finally being taken. Do you see it that same way, or do you think that there's still that disconnect? I I, I think I think there are still a lot of Americans who, because look they're busy as we said this a million times. People are busy living their lives, and you know they can't necessarily concentrate, and nor should they all the time on every rotten thing Trump is doing uh, and the, you know, whole firestorm around it. But polls are starting to shift. There's one and it's just one. So, uh, and you know my attitude on polls. I think you share it. Yeah. Until and, the and, day somebody's in a voting booth, we never know. And, 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 but, and also this is so fast moving that even that poll that came out on Wednesday right. was, was impossible to really catch what had happened over the previous three days. Right. Then there's a one nationwide poll from Business Insider, which is a legitimate media outlet. 
Now, 45% support impeaching Trump, 30% are no. So then you have you have about a 25% percentage, just they probably don't have an opinion or they don't know yet. But little by little, because the Ukraine story is honestly much easier to follow, Trump basically wanted a foreign country to get dirt on a political rival. And he, he just went way beyond the normal limits of how one is supposed to conduct business as the leader of, well, Trump is not really the leader of the free world, but you know what I mean. As, as somebody who's the chief executive officer of the well, United States. He technically is. Doing things, well, technically, but not in any really true way. But yeah. he went beyond, <laughs> he went, you know, way beyond any normal limitations of this. And people see that. And so I, I think little by little, more Americans are starting to say, hey, you know, this is not acceptable. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know who I'm voting for next year, but I just this is not cool. This guy needs to stop. And if he can't stop, somebody has to stop him. <laughs> so, you know, and remember, and, and I know we were living in a totally different world then with just, you know, three or four channels with not the Internet, without kind of the political polarization. Although I've, I've often said, John, as an aside, we've long had an urban versus rural divide in this country. It's been around for decades. It's just sort of magnified now, again, because of social media, et cetera, so forth. But I, I think back in when Nixon was, you know, in office and the Watergate break-in happened and the investigation started happening, most people were not in favor of impeachment. Right. Well, and finally, when the Supreme Court said, release the tapes, and Nixon knew the game was over, and Barry Goldwater, right. the late U.S. Arizona senator, God, may he rest in peace always, came to him and said, dude, you got to go. It's over. We're, we're done with this crap. Even I'm going to vote against you. <laughs> yeah, when he told exactly. them that, it was over. <laughs> right. And, and, but, yeah, Nixon, now Nixon, again, Nixon on his worst day, and he was a bad president, no question about it. A trillion times better than Trump would ever be on his best day. And even, but he, because Nixon had a sense of shame, and he at least cared about this country enough to where he knew he had to go. Now, Donald Trump is a vile, immoral cretin who doesn't give a crap about anything other than keeping his rear end out of jail. No, um, you see- but I, I think the public pressure is enough. You know, I, I just, I think it may be that he's just forced to leave one way or the other. We, uh-huh. Or if he somehow hangs on, he's going to be so damaged in 2020. And again, back to his base, I think it's time respectfully to just for everybody else to kind of tune them out. They're going to stay with Trump until the bitter end. Not a damn thing to be done about it. That's their choice and their right as an American. But a lot of America already wants Trump out of office. And then that, that segment who reluctantly voted for him, if I had to wager... I'd say they're going to say in the voting booth, you know what? I'm tired of this drama. I want this guy out. Yeah. And they'll vote for the Democrats. So, I, you know, Trump's in a lot of, I, and I know we've said this a million times, he really is in a lot of trouble now. Oh, yeah. And because he simply does not have, he does not have the integrity or the morality to understand what is best for this nation. He's, he's, he's going to keep lashing out and going to even greater extremes to try to protect himself. So I've also told people, Brace yourself for that and get ready. It's going to get a lot worse. I'm sorry to say before it does get better. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's where we are. Yeah. You know, and to throw it back to Nixon, I think, you know, uh, that is the idea now. And, and that 
you know, he, he resigned for the good of the country. I still think he would have fought it to the death if, if Goldwater didn't show up and say, look, even I'm going to vote for you, he you're, you're going to be removed. He may have. The only way you have a chance to be paroled is, uh, or pardoned, sorry, not paroled, <laughs> big, big mistake there. But if the only chance you have to be pardoned is if you resign and then, you know, hopefully Ford will pardon you. Uh, and I think the same thing will happen with Trump. You know, I I think Nixon would have fought to the bitter end if he if he didn't know that he you know if 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 he thought that he wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be successful in um, the Senate. But once it was, you know, he, I think the inevitable was there. He made another political calculation. While well, I'm actually going to be the only president who successfully impeached, I might go to jail afterwards. Um, and so, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's just take it. And I think the same thing could happen to Trump. If, if you actually got those 30 senators, um, to go to the white house and say, look, we're going to vote for you publicly unless you resign. That's their way out. Um, that's their way to not have to do it. Um, um, you know, at the gallows, um, in the Senate, um, it's the way for Mitch McConnell and, and, you know, actually they only really need 20 of them, but if 30 of them went there and said, look, we're all going to vote. Um, um, you know, to convict you, um, and 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 to have you remo- be removed, he would make the same political calculation for his business interests more than his legacy, um, so that then he can still say whatever he wanted. But I just don't think he would go off as quietly into the night as as as, as Nixon did. Oh um, no, no, he will not. In fact, we're you know this guy, we're going to have to listen to his ranting and raving until you know he's gone. <laughs> Um, that's just because Donald Trump is a bad person and he doesn't, again, he doesn't give a a damn about this nation. So that, that's just, you know, that's the reality of having somebody that soulless in public life. Uh, That being said, I still think getting him out of office would be a huge relief for the nation. And let's just hope that this finally leads to that. And or or it leads to him being solidly defeated at the ballot box next year. And, uh, you know, all I can say for the, whoever succeeds him, um, Democrat or Republican, you know, they're going to have a huge, huge mess to clean up. You know, and to put I, my... I, I, it, oh, it's not yes. going to be easy. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, eventually the Republicans were able to do it after six years. They came back um, even stronger um, in, uh, in the case of Nixon. Um, but um, yeah. so, you know, in... in, in you know, to kind of put my own little spin on, we end here, um, you know, what, what Ford said, um, you know, our long national nightmare is over. Um, you know, hopefully soon we can hear, you know, maybe our long national daymare is over because it seems like um, the only time I get some peace from this is when I'm sleeping and I just have nice dreams at night. Um, I don't have nightmares about uh, about Trump, um, but every time I wake up, he's he still happens to be... Um, doing something that makes me ashamed of, uh, of um, you know, of our government. Um, and, you know, again, the shining light on the hill is, is, is really what we need to be and we need to return to. Um, you know, whether that's, whether that's now or, or November 2020, I'll, I'll gladly take it. Um, Karen, thanks again, as always. Um, fun talking to you. Great to get some insights, share things, just get smarter. Um, thanks again, Karen. Thank you, and thank you so much to all our listeners out there. Um, and I think Karen and I are going to make sure that there's nothing that distracts us from doing anything next week, because I'm sure between now and next 
um, at the end of next week. We're going to be having is just as much news that's going on. Um, and uh, I think that's right, Karen. Is you know, can I get your at least quasi commitment to being able to make sure we could do this next week? As uh, the Terminator, I just watched that, didn't I? As the Terminator would say, I'll be back. <laughs> thank you, Karen. Uh, thank everybody for listening. We'll talk at you. Like, uh, of course, now I have to be bit by the bug. We'll talk at you next time, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.